0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: BFM 89.9, good morning. It's 7.07 a.m. on Monday, the 15th of January, 2024. You're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Wong Shao Ning. In half an hour, we are going to be speaking to Burwas Mp Kuham, on the arson attack in his home last week. But as always, we are going to kickstart this lovely Monday morning. I can see the sunrise from behind us in our studios at TTDI. Uh, we're going to kickstart the morning with a look at how global markets closed last Friday. So the Dow was down 0.3%, S&P
0: 500 up 0.1%, Nasdaq was up by 0.2% excuse me, marginal 0.02%. I blink and I almost missed it. Nikkei was up 1.5%. Hang Seng down 0.4%. Shanghai Composite down by 0.2%. Straits Times Index in Singapore down by 0.3%. And of course, because
1: we are Malaysia, we do our own thing. FBM KLCI was up by 0.3%. All right, for some insights on where international markets could be heading this week, we have on the line with us Kingsley Jones, Chief Investment Officer at Jevons Global. Kingsley, good morning. Thanks as always for joining us. Let's look at the banking sector because the fourth quarter results on Friday, uh, we saw that come out on a Friday for the major US banks. We did see mixed results with names like Citigroup making losses, but JP Morgan beating expectations. Why did some financial institutions do better than others?
2: Yeah, conditions are a little murky in, in U.S. banking right now. Um, I think basically what's happening is the uh, the cost control of the banks is the key thing. So uh, business mix matters on the revenue side in terms of how rapidly that's growing. Obviously, that's good for J.P. Morgan. But the big difference between J.P. Morgan and Citigroup has been the cost growth. Um, so the cost has been growing higher than revenue for some of the banks like Citi and Bank of America and this is why they're they're having weaker uh, profit growth or indeed losses as we saw with Citigroup the big factor there of course is that um, uh, as we've seen interest rates rise uh, the need to pay higher deposit rates to retain deposits has really been a factor for a lot of the banks uh, because consumers have the option to you know close down their deposit account, you know, maybe they fear a problem like what happened with the banks last year um, and, and therefore just buy a money market fund, which invests in short term treasuries. And they've been paying upwards of four or five percent interest on that, which is way higher than the the bank deposit rate. JP Morgan, on the other hand, has been a bit of a beneficiary of the acquisitions it did, uh, you know, in that stress period last year with some of the banks that were failing and it got a good book of business that way. So it's business mix. It's cost control uh, and it's uh, geography as well, whether you're a regional bank or you're a a major.
0: Kingsley, do you expect these um, mixed results to continue into Q1 of this year?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think the really big factor in the U.S. economy right now is that, as many listeners would be aware, in the U.S., when you get a mortgage, it's often a 30-year fixed mortgage. Um, So many Americans have had the benefit of no real change to their mortgage payments as long as they stay in the same house and don't move. Um, But it's very different for consumer loans, uh, for student loans and for auto loans. Uh, So we think that part of the reason why US auto sales haven't been so great is that those rates of finance have gone up. And this may also be the reason why You've seen a bit of a slowdown in electric vehicle sales in the United States uh, because they're more expensive than petrol vehicles. This hasn't happened in places like China, but it has happened in the U.S. So we think it's going to be a pretty murky first six months for the U.S. as a result of those Higher interest rates finally biting with consumers.
0: Do you then expect these higher interest rates to actually impact the margins of many of these American companies who may be reluctant to pass on the rising costs to consumers considering the somewhat good but yet soft economic environment?
2: Yeah, look, I think that's really a key thing to look out for. You really need to be looking at margin development Um, And, you know, there have been some exceptions. We all know the story with NVIDIA and the whole AI boom and their margins have just gone to the moon. Um, But for other folks, uh, you know, margins are under a lot of pressure. And so I think that's probably a key factor to be looking at when you make investment decisions.
1: Can we take a look at what's happening over in the Middle East? Because we do see tensions in the Red Sea escalating. What is going to be the impact on equities and commodities this week, particularly oil prices? Are we going to see some profit taking followed by the usual pivot into safe haven assets?
2: Yeah, I think in the very short term, there'll be some trading moves of that nature where people who got it right, you know, they take the profits on a small trade. Remember, in commodities markets, you can leverage up quite uh, powerfully through futures Um, So we'll probably see that. But I think longer term, you know, there are some big risks here that, uh, you know, the Houthi, I don't think, are going to go away anytime soon. They've been fighting the war uh, with Saudi and other parties for fully nine years. Uh, That had calmed down when uh, the uh, Saudi and uh, Iranian uh, sides uh, had sort of buried the hatchet on on their relationship um, through a China-brokered deal. Uh, but I suspect that, at least as far as the slowdown in the conflict in Yemen is concerned, that's now completely off the table. Uh, the Houthi uh, almost seem to be inviting uh, this particular uh, response from the UK and the US, and I think part of the reason for that is that they see their star rise uh, when everyone focuses their attention on them, uh, and and therefore I think that um, you know in commodities especially you'll see uh, a new higher base for oil. Because of supply interruption risk, particularly with the sewers, Uh, but the more important commodity to play, I think, is gold, and and we think this has to be pretty bullish for gold.
0: Kingsley, what about uh, the fact that shipping costs is escalating as we speak? I mean, at least three large oil tanker firms say they are stopping sending, stop, excuse me, have stopped sending their ships through the southern Red Sea. What does this then mean for global economy? Because with rising shipping costs, I would assume inflation does become another concern, or a concern again.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's a good reason to buy the shippers. Um, for example, the container shipping lines, I think, they had a, you know, let's remember, you know, in COVID, the pandemic, you know, container shipping rates went to the moon. It was a great place to to buy uh, shipping stocks for a while at least, and then they collapsed. Uh, we think they'll find not the same level but a higher level than the trough of last year. So I think shippers are a good place to look, particularly container shippers. You know, firms like the Hong Kong-listed Costco uh, or Maersk in Denmark, uh, they have war risk. But what will happen is as insurance rates go up in the Suez, they will reroute, as you indicated, to take a longer route. That effectively reduces the shipping fleet, if you think about it. Because to get a container from A to B, it now has to travel further, which takes longer. Um, and, and so the the total volume of trade Uh, now requires more ships, uh, and that's going to put a lot of pressure on rates. So definitely, you're going to see inflationary impact on this.
1: Can we turn to what's happening over in Australia? Given the elevated interest rates and increasing cost of living concerns there, what's your prognosis for the Australian economy this year? Is it set for a hard or soft landing?
2: Uh, We we think it's probably going to be a, a middling landing between the two. So what I mean by that is that because of the way these trade conditions are playing out, where some commodities are up and cost is on, and it's a very mixed bag. And you put that alongside the consumer, where it's also a mixed bag. You know, if you think about it, uh, I think it's only about a third of Australians have mortgages, and they're under a lot of pressure with their personal balance sheet. Um, but, you know, for folks who who fully own their own property, uh, prices for real estate going up again. Uh, and, and they also they don't have a mortgage, and they're getting good deposit rates. Um, on on their bank account. So you get a very mixed situation. You know, some folks are doing fine, others are not. And that's going to play out in different industries. Uh, You know, for example, uh, let's take mining. Right now, lithium's pretty weak because prices are down, but iron ore's strong. So you get this sort of split effect. So I think because of that, it's very hard to say whether Australia's going to have a hard or soft landing. I think it's better to play stocks and say, I think this industry is going to have a hard landing, whereas that industry's going to have a good time.
0: What do you think the RBA will be doing next?
2: I think they'll probably do nothing, at least for a while. Um, and, and the reason has to do with how the U, the Australian dollar is travelling. Um, you know, the, the big risk always for Australia being a commodity economy is if global conditions slow down, you know, the Aussie peso takes a nosedive um, and, and, and then we get imported inflation for all those things Australians like to buy, like cars and TV sets and the rest of it. That's not happened, right? Uh, but equally, um, you're not seeing the Australian dollar, you know, rocket up on higher iron ore prices. So, the RBA will be pretty happy with conditions right now. And they're unlikely to move the exchange rate, I think, oh, sorry, the interest rate um, at this time. They don't want to, you know, stress out further consumers. And they know that the big risk from the falling dollar is not there. So, they'll probably just sit tight and see what happens.
1: Kingsley, thanks very much for speaking with us. That was Kingsley Jones, Chief Investment Officer at Jevons Global, giving us his take on some of the trends that he sees moving markets in the days and weeks ahead. All the way from what happened with the banking sector in the U.S. with its fourth quarter earnings season reports, as well as what's going on in the Red Sea and finally how the lucky country could fare in the coming year. Yeah, I think the US banking results kind of
0: precursor of what to expect for the rest of the companies that follow. I'm going to be really keeping an eye on whether there really has been margin compression due to the fact that, you know, a lot of American companies are loath to pass on these rising costs to consumers because the demand is weak and how much less spending is there? Because if you're paying more for your car loan, your student loan, you might be, you know, you might just don't. You might not just have the
1: extra money uh, for some of the things that you want to buy. And. Let's delve into some of the banking sector results in more depth. I uh, as was especially struck by Citi, I suppose, because Citigroup reported a $1.8 loss in the last three months of 2023. They're actually going to be cutting about 20,000 jobs uh, or around 8% of its staff over the next two years. So they're going on this job-cutting spree. I'm wondering how much of that is going to be reflected across the broader labor mm. market, especially as we see that the U.S. Uh, labor market remains really tight, but is this the precursor to to maybe uh Are we going to see unemployment rise in the coming months uh, over the next year as more companies decide, hey, we need to cut costs now? Well, the US in terms of the
0: job losses for the banking sector last year was already record high, right? I think something like 600,000 jobs or something um, last seen during the great financial crisis. So, and Citigroup has already done many rounds of restructuring. Remember, they sold their consumer businesses here in Asia. Malaysia was one country. Um, So I'm not surprised that the restructuring continues. But what's interesting is who's the, the winner of this all and that is the one and only jp morgan mm. jamie diamond looks like such a hero for buying uh that signature was it signature bank first republic bank uh, when there was this crisis that happened last year in march so he's seen an improvement in terms of his deposits his net interest income still remains robust i think treasury still does well for them But, uh, you know, coming quarters, what's investment banking income going to be like when deals kind of just disappear if the economy does slow down?
1: All right, lots to watch on this front. It's 7.19am. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll come back with more of the top stories in the newspapers and portals this morning. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from
0: BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: For more stories of the same kind,
0: download the BFM app.